who allow their eyes to be open, to have the veil removed from their eyes, Almighty God, so they can see the kingdom through Yeshua, by the presence of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Spirit of the living God. And that's our heart's desire, Almighty God, for us to occupy until we are called out from this earth to be with Yeshua forevermore. And so, Father, we long for your appearing of your Son, Yeshua, Almighty God. We long for your kingdom to be first established in the hearts of all your people. Lord, we're reminded time and time again where you called your people into repentance. And so, Father, we as believers in the United States, we stand with our brothers and sisters throughout this known world, Almighty God, and we repent of our sins before you, Almighty God. We have not been the body of Messiah that you desire for us to be, Almighty God. May we confess our sins to you, Almighty Father, so that we can receive your forgiveness and your pardon by your Son, through your Son, Yeshua. By his blood we have been redeemed, Almighty God. And he desires to come back for a bride without spot or wrinkle, both being of Jews and Gentiles, one in Messiah. May you prepare the body of Messiah, O Ruach HaKodesh, Spirit of the living God. May we abide in God's word and God's word only that were spoken through the holy prophets and the apostles, Almighty God, that are already written in your book, Almighty Father. Father, when we now turn to your word, may your word give us the right revelation of what the Father is now doing and desires for us to do every day. To your name be all praise and glory and honor. So Ruach HaKodesh, come today and teach us. Open up our eyes that we may see clearly. Open up our minds. Give us the mind of Messiah so we'll think properly. Give us the heart of our Father who dwells in heaven so that we may love and show compassion, even at the point where there needs to be a rebuke or to calling aside to give further instruction. Empower us, Almighty God, to do your will upon this earth, for you have allowed us to live for such a time as this, and we will one day will have to give an account for every word, every action and non-action that we do as we dwell on this earth. Stir up your gifts within the body of Messiah as never before, so that the kingdom can visit the hearts and minds of all the people on this earth. To your name be all praise and glory and honor. In Yeshua's name, amen. Let's turn now to the book of Acts. Continuing this, I believe, is part three of Acts of Yeshua's Emissary Shalikim, chapter 22. Acts chapter 22. We'll begin at verse 1 of Acts chapter 22. Brothers and fathers, listen to me as I make my defense before you now. When they heard him speaking to them in Hebrew, they settled down more. So he continued, 
I'm a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, brought up in this city and trained at the feet of Gamiel in every detail of the Torah of our forefathers. I was a zealot for God, as all of you are today. And I persecuted to death the followers of this way, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. The Kohen HaGadol, the high priest, and the whole Sanhedrin can testify to this. Indeed, after receiving letters from them to their colleagues in Damascus, I was on my way there in order to arrest the ones in that city to and to bring them back to Jerusalem for punishment. As I was traveling and approaching Damascus around noon, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed all around me. I fell to the ground and I heard the voice saying to me, Shaul, Shaul, Saul, Saul, why do you keep persecuting me? I answered, Sir, who are you? I am Yeshua from Nazareth, he said to me, and you are persecuting me. Those who were with me did not see the light, but they did see the light, but they didn't hear the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, what should I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, get up and go into Damascus, and there you will be told about everything that has been laid out for you to do. I have been blinded by the brightness of the light, so my companions who led me by the hand into Damascus, a man named Hananiah, an observant follower of the Torah was, who was highly regarded by the entire Jewish community was there. He came to me and he stood by me and said, Brother Shaul, see again. And at that very moment, I recovered my sight and I saw him. He said, The God of our fathers determined in advance that you should know his will and see his zadik." his righteous one, and for you to hear his voice. Because you will be a witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. So now, what are you waiting for? Get up, immerse yourself, and have your sins washed away as you call on his name. After I had returned to Jerusalem, it happened that I was praying in the temple, and I went into a trance. I saw Yeshua. Hurry, he said to me, get out of Jerusalem, immediately because they will not accept what you have to say about me. I said, Lord, they know themselves that in every synagogue, I used to imprison and flog those who trusted in you. Also, that when the blood of your witness, Stephen, was being shed, I was standing there too in full agreement. I was even looking after the clothes of the ones who were killing him. But he said, get going, for I am going to send you far away 
to the Gentiles. They had been listening to him up to this point, but now they shouted at the top of their lungs, rid the earth of such a man, he is not fit to live. They were screaming and waving their clothes and throwing dust in the air. So the commander ordered him to be brought into the barracks and directed that he should be interrogated and whipped in order to find out why they were yelling at him like this. But as they were stretching him out with the thongs to be flogged, Shaul said to the captain standing by, Is it legal for you to whip a man who's a Roman citizen and hasn't even had a trial? When the captain heard that, he went and reported it to the commander. Do you realize what you're doing? This man is a Roman citizen. The commander came and said to Shaul, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, he said. The commander replied, I bought this citizenship for a sizable sum of money. But I was born into it, Shaul said. At once, the men who had been about to interrogate him drew back from him. And the commander was afraid too, because he realized that he had put this man who was a Roman citizen in chains. However, the next day, since he wanted to know the specific charge the Judeans were bringing against him, he released him and ordered the head coining and the whole Sanhedrin to meet. Then he brought Shaul down and put him in front of them. There's a lot going on here. And that's why it's important for we to look at this even more closer. In first one, he says, brothers and fathers, listen to me as I make my defense before you now. See, he did not want this to be hidden. He wanted to proclaim the transformation that had been brought in his own life. As I said in the prior messages, that there was a veil over Rav Shaul's eyes. But also he identified with his brothers, his fellow Jews. Remember the time, the setting? What's going on here? The celebration of Shavuot, the wheat harvest, is going on. So, brothers and fathers, Stephen, Shaul's former enemy, used the same words to address an unfriendly audience. Remember last Shabbat when we read from Acts chapter 7, beginning at verse 2? That fact that Shaul's circumstances here in his speech had several other features in common with Stephen's and gives a certain sense of closure what had taken on in Acts chapter one, chapter 7, verses 1 through 58. We see very, very similar things that are going on. And I encourage anyone who's listening to the podcast for the very ter- first time or hearing this message for the very first time, part 3, Please read Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through 58, and also Acts chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. You'll have greater insight on what this message is about. 
So Rav Shaul, he identifies with them. When they heard him speak in Hebrew, that's their native tongue. That's what the Torah is written in. Originally in the Hebrew. Later it was translated into Greek. But first, God desired it to be in the Hebrew language. And so when they heard him speaking in Hebrew, it was speaking directly to their hearts. Undeniable to them. So going forward here. In verse number three, I'm a Jew. So he's identifying with them. I was born where? In Tarsus. In what region? Cilicia. He was brought up in this city. The city he's speaking of there is the city that he's now standing in, the city of Jerusalem. He was trained at whose feet? Gamiel, which was the most revered of all the Torah teachers, a Pharisee himself. In every detail of the Torah of our forefathers, from Rav Shaul's own lips, I was a zealot for God, as all of you are today. Notice this. There are Messianic Jews that are standing here at this place during the celebration of Shavuot. They're on the outer courts of the temple. And so he's including all those who are listening to him. Those who have the veil over their eyes, who have not received the revelation that Yeshua is the promised Messiah, and also those who have had the veil removed from their eyes and they have embraced the revelation that Yeshua is the Messiah. He says to all, for all of them could agree that they're zealous for Torah. So going forward here, in verse 3, he was born in Tarsus. And why does he bring that up? Because he knows that there are men there who gathered from the diaspora. He probably even recognizes some of the faces of those for the last years that he had faced persecution in those cities throughout modern-day Turkey today. How he had established these brand-new Messianic congregations. He was very, very familiar with these individuals that persecuted him, mistreated him. But now he's testifying because they had, even at that time, while he was establishing these Messianic congregations, they were accusing of him distorting the Torah and no longer teaching that if you have a son and you're Jewish, that you were to have him what? Have the Brit Milah, the circumcision. So he's testifying, I have not forsaken Judaism. I am now full and complete in that I am now a Jew who believes that Yeshua is the Messiah. So going forward here, Saul was born in a, as a Hellenistic Jew. For some of us, what does Hellenistic mean? Does that mean you're from hell? Absolutely not. That means that you're from a Greek influence. Many of us forget about the different conquerors. Prior to Rome conquering what is known today as Judea and Samaria, that area was then ruled over by the Greeks. 
that came after whom? The Babylonians. That came after whom? The Assyrians. See, the Jewish people have been conquered, their nation, time and time again. For up till 1948 in May, there ceased, prior to that time, of even being the nation of Israel. And so he was raised in a secular and a Jewish community in Tarsus. And so he's laying the groundwork here. He's identifying with those who are part of the diaspora, like the Babylonian Jews. You know, there's still Jews in modern Iraq today. Their numbers are de decreasing, but they still exist going forward here. So he proclaimed that he was born a Hellenistic Jew. By announcing this, he now he increases his identification with those Asian accusers. Now, some of us today, we think, well, Asia, are you talking about China and Vietnam? No, which is modern-day Turkey today, at that time was considered Asia. So going forward here, in verse 4, I persecuted the death, the followers of this way, this revelation from God, not forsaken Judaism, but receiving the promised Jewish Messiah that was what promised to come through what people group? But the Jewish people. This is a fulfillment with God, what God promised to Abraham that one of his descendants would come and that Abraham would be the father of what? Many people. Many people forget Abraham was a Gentile. He was circumcised later in life. He is the father of the Jewish people. But also he's the father of Ishmael, which is the descendant of the Arabic people. You know what's beautiful in the scripture? That if you search the scripture, you'll find out that God even declares in the latter days, he will call Egypt his own son. The Egyptians. God has always desired to redeem every tribe, every people group, every nation upon this earth. So salvation comes from what? The most despised and least of all people, the Jewish people. And so he's laying all these foundational stones and he's going forward here. I persecuted to death the followers of this way, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. So going forward, he says that he was brought up in this city of Jerusalem and he was trained at the feet of Gamiel. On Gamiel, we see that Jewish tradition says nothing about Shaul's apprenticeship. Why is that? with the most distinguished rabbi and scholar of his time. In fact, neither the Talmud or, nor any of the early Midrash says anything about him at all. The fact cries out now for explanation. So let's go forward. In an article called Paul and the Law, All Things to All Men, Messianic Jewish scholar H.L. Ellingson writes of 
another individual. His name is Elisha ben Avea. That's spelled A-V-U-Y-A-H. Who was one of the greatest rabbis in the early second century and who is quoted in the Mishnah Avot 420. But later he became an apostate. He fell away and he denied Judaism. He was excommunicated and is almost always referred to as Achir, A-C-H-E-R, the other one. There was never any danger of tradition keeping his memory green, for it told also how he had deliberately profaned, what? The Sabbath. In other words, his false teaching had been sterilized and rendered harmless, not so much by his excommunication, but rather by his notorious breach of the law. While now Shaul, Paul, however, his memory had to be what? Completely erased and forgotten from Judaism. Why? As Dr. H.L. Ellingson goes on to proclaim. For there were no stories that could be told about him that would neutralize his teaching. Going forward. Included in the WGASQUE, Gasqui, and R. Martin editors of Apostolic History and the Gospel, Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, published by Erdman's in the year 1970, page 199. So going forward, this is because Shaul, the Apostle Paul, unlike Elisha ben Avia kept the law all his life. And as with the rest of Ellingson's article proves, and this is Dr. David Stern where I got this information. Dr. David Stern has shown, and he, he is aware of this, and heeding the principle that only bad publicity is having your name misspelled. Rabbis said nothing about Shaul. The principle is still in use. Often the non-Messianic Jewish community's response to Messianic Judaism, especially in the forms of which are willing to grapple seriously in relating with, to the Torah, is to ignore it publicly and pretend that it doesn't exist and hope that it will go away, which it will not. Going forward, he was trained in every detail of the Torah and was zealous for God as all of you are today. Shaul now completes his recitation of his credentials by reminding his hearers that he too knows the Torah and has stood in their shoes as zealous as they were. I would like you now to turn with me to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. And we'll begin reading. This is Paul's testimony. Galatians chapter 1. And beginning at verse 13.
For you have heard of my former way of life in traditional Judaism, how I did my best to persecute God's messianic community and to do what? To destroy it. And how since I was more of a zealot for the traditions handed down by my forefathers than most Jews of my age. Whose words are these? Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul. I was advanced in traditional Judaism more rapidly than they did. But when God who picked me out before I was born and called me by his grace and chose to reveal his son to me so that I might announce to the Gentiles, I did not consult with anyone. I did not go to, to Jerusalem to see those who were the emissaries, the apostles before me. Instead, I immediately went off to where? To Arabia. And afterwards, I returned to Damascus. Not until three years later did I go up to Jerusalem to make Kepha Peter's acquaintance. And I stayed with him for two weeks. But I did not see any of the other emissaries except for Yaakov, Jacob, the Lord's brother. Concerning these matters I'm writing about to you, I declare before the Lord that I am not what? I am not lying. This is the Apostle Paul, Rav Shaul's testimony. Next, I went off to Syria and where? To Cilicia. But in Yehuda, Judah, the Messianic congregations didn't even know what I looked like. They were only hearing the report. The one who used to persecute us, now he preaches the good news of faith that he was formerly out to destroy. And they praise God because of me. Isn't it beautiful how God has written his scripture? How they interwove with one another and give full testimony? So, going forward, it is said that a fool learns from his own experience, but a wise man can learn from the experience of others. Shaul now hopes, and so he's addressing his brethren there. During Shavuot, an appointed feast of the Lord, they're in the outer temple courts, in the open area, and he's addressing to them. And he's trying to share wisdom and knowledge and saying, where you are right now with a veil over your eyes and you do not see Messiah, you need to have this veil removed from your eyes. Can you imagine his Messianic Jewish brothers who are there in those temple courts and they are praying in the spirit to fill Rav Shaul's mouth because that same place they were there? Do you know that the 11 apostles... The original, there were times where they had doubts. Did we not even hear John the Baptist's own testimony? Are you truly the one that is sent? And what did Yeshua say? The lame are walking, the sick are healed, and the dead are raised. That was his testimony to give confirmation in a man who had invested his life, a prophet of the Most High God, the forerunner, John 
the Baptist who was there in prison. Just as God's word today, as we face this world that is changing, we can also see now the Antichrist system, the one world order, the one world government, the one world currency. This is all going to come about. The Lord's going to allow this orchestration, but we have nothing to fear but to walk in God's word and his power. Going forward here, it is said that the fool, and I'll repeat this, it is said that the fool learns from his own experience, but a wise man can learn from the experience of others. So Shaul hopes that even among this zealous mob, there are some who are wise and can profit from hearing where their present path leads. Ultimately, separation. Because Yeshua proclaimed there is one way to the Father. And that is receiving Yeshua as the Messiah. Both Jews and Gentiles have to have the veil of deception removed from their eyes. So they can see Yeshua for who he is. I persecuted to death the followers of this way, arresting both men and women and throwing them to prison. The Kohen Haggadah, Acts chapter 22, verse 5. And the whole Sanhedrin can now testify to this. Can you imagine the conviction that came upon their hearts? Right then and there. See, Rav Shaul's not mincing words. He knows at any moment, any one of those could be taken up into eternity. Their eternal destiny lays in the balance. And he's living testimony, undeniable before the high priest and everyone else for his zeal. I truly believe that the literal high priest that signed those documents for him to go outside the land of Israel and to arrest anyone who is a follower of the way was standing and hearing this testimony. Knew of Rav Shaul's passion and desire to live by the Torah. So I believe at that point there, there's now conviction coming upon their hearts. Has there been time in your life where the Lord has allowed conviction upon your heart when you're going the wrong way? You're walking down a path of sin. But what do we do? We begin to rationalize in our mind. Our carnal nature rises. Our spirit man desires to grow and to mature. But our carnal man defeats our spiritual man. See, the truth of the Torah was laid out before them. They knew that the Messiah was going to come, but they missed him at his first coming. But Rav Shaul was proved beyond a shadow of a doubt of someone who had the veil removed from their eyes and had received Messiah. And as we'll get into later at another time, we hear in this chapter, one that they suppose, the high priest and everyone else, suppose that this Yeshua Jesus was dead, is now in communication 
with Rav Shaul. He's the one that trained him. He's the one that called him. He's the one that warned him to flee Jerusalem. He is alive today. Just as Yeshua proclaimed that he will be at the right hand of the Father. What was Stephen's testimony? In Acts chapter 7, I'll end on this right now. He saw Yeshua standing at the right hand of the Father. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Shabbat Shalom.